so excited about tonight because I have my cousin on. <laughs> Not just because she's my cousin, but she's an extraordinary woman. I always admire her. She's a woman of strength. She's been through so much, and she always has joy and happiness when I see her, and you just never think, and that's what it's about when you go through stuff and you come out, and like I always say, when you do God, you never look like what you've been through, but she just always have, you know, just happy and joy, joyful, and that's just a great thing, because the stuff that we go through in life, sometimes it just takes the wind out of you, and you will have those moments, but it's also when you can get back up. Get your life back, get your strength back, and keep moving and be a blessing to other people. And so I'm so glad to have Melissa Claire Hobson. <laughs> Thank you, Millie, for being. I call her Millie because that's my cousin. <laughs> hey, Millie. Hey, cuz. I'm so glad to have you. Anyway, I know you, but I'm gonna read a little bit of your bio so we can get to everybody else can get to know you a little bit better, and then I'll let you expound and elaborate on what you and all of that great stuff. So, Melissa Claire Hobson was born and raised in East Harlem, New York. You know, we the New York, we the New York girls. <laughs> New York to West Indian parents. She was raised in Jamaica with the grandparents. She attended public school and gained an associate's degree in 1984 from Manhattan Community College. In 1993, she relocated to Richmond, Virginia. You've been here for a while. Well, you've been where I'm at for a while. You just moved again. <laughs> Later in the year, she gave birth to a daughter, Shana. She has a granddaughter, Cassidy, six years old, and a wife, and she's a wife to Robin Hobson. She earned her bachelor's degree in forensic crime scene investigation. So homegirl is very smart. <laughs> in 2010, from Virginia Community University, Commonwealth University. She is an author, and in her spare time, she loves to spend time speaking at jails and institutions, colleges, sharing her story, being a vessel and a testament of God's goodness. And she loves the saying, I don't look like what I've been through. I love it. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Sounds like a book to me, y'all. No. Another <laughs> book. Awesome. But and spaghetti. <laughs> spaghetti. <laughs> In your life. Oh my God. I'm so happy about this. I thank you, Melissa, for being there to join us and everything. And you have such a powerful story. So I'm so glad that you get to share with the people. And I've been getting testimonies of people saying that they've been blessed, they've been touched by everybody's story. Somebody can identify with somebody. And that's what I want people to understand and to get. So I, I do want you to mention your book, but introduce yourself more to the people, and then I want you to get into whatever experience you want to discuss. Take the wheel. <laughs> well, thank you, cousin. I want to thank you for the opportunity. Um, I had the opportunity to listen to and watch um, most of the speakers during the summit, and it has been a blessing. I'm telling you, blessed by every single person. And, and so I am honored to be amongst those yes. who, um, to share their testimony. And um, I'm just excited about this opportunity. I'm just excited about it. So when I was thinking about what I was going to talk about, um, I wanted to start with um, the beginning, like we all do. Yes. And uh, and what came to mind was low self-esteem. Low self-esteem, because for me, that started very, very early. Um, being raised in New York, in Harlem, I went to a Hispanic school. <laughs> 
All the little girls, you know, they had long hair and things like that. And, and this was in the 60s and 70s. And so I had a afro, you know, and I'm like natural hair. And I would be teased in school. They would tease me in school. They would call me a monkey and things like that in Spanish. And so from, from, from very early on, I would say fourth grade, uh, I had a low self-esteem, a low picture of myself. I felt ugly. I felt that I didn't belong. That's where my quest to want to belong to something began. Right. And, uh, yeah, growing up, um, I grew up with a stepfather and my mother and, um, and, um, I had a little sister, Charmaine, you know, but it was a functional, dysfunctional family, if you can get that. Um, my stepdad, he was, you know, an addict, and my mom, she was a, a class woman. But, but um, I uh, was raised in that atmosphere, and my biological father was um, a person of the streets. So I saw him be abusive to his, my stepmom. And in my mind, I, I, I thought to myself, I don't like men. Because I don't like things that I'm seeing. And so in my mind, I set out, in my young mind, I set out that I was going to dog every man I met because of the treatment that they were giving women. And so that's the, that's the idea I had early on. So I set out to do that um, with everyone I met. With mm. Everyone I met, I had no regard for them. Um, I was very spoiled as well. So to me, there wasn't too much that a man could do. So they were basically a tool. Mm. The low self-esteem took me to places um, I became very promiscuous because I wasn't taught the value of my temple. Wow. And so to me, it was a tool as well. Yes. And I used that tool to do any and any everything that I wanted to do. And along, along the road, I used every person I met. Um, and... That, that, that road took me on a long, long journey, a long journey of destruction, um, of not loving myself, you know, getting into addiction and uh, getting into relationships that were abusive, emotionally, physically. Uh, and it, it was a long, hard road. It was a long, hard road. I was... Um, on drugs for the 80s, all of the 80s, and, and some parts of the 90s. And it took me to places that I would have never wished on my worst enemy, you know. But it was always God. Mm. God, you know, and, and, I, and I grew up in the church. Right. So I'm of God. 
But the God that I was raised with was that fire and brimstone God. Mm. So when I was in the world doing worldly things, I shunned myself away from God because I knew he saw everything I did. And I was ashamed. I was ashamed because I knew, I knew that the Lord sat high and looked low. And he was with me in those houses. And he was with me, you know, wherever I was. But I turned a blind eye to him, you know, hoping that if I ignore him, he wouldn't see. It was, it was twisted the way I thought. But I always knew God was there. And I knew God was there because with all the destruction and things that I did, I can say that nothing ever really happened to me that was really bad. Um, and I know that it was because he watched over me. And I know that he sent his angels to watch over me. And uh, that long road took me to awful, awful places. Just awful, awful places. And I'm just grateful today that, you know, I'm still here to live through it. Um, and I give God all the glory, all the glory that he, he constantly, because he's no respecter of persons. Right. You know, and, and his mercy, his mercy just is everlasting. And it, I know I don't deserve anything that he has bestowed upon me, but he does. Because he loves me that much. Because I'm the apple of his eye. Yeah. I, I, I love that. I love that. Because, you know, when you go to the grocery store and you go picking for apples, you look for the best apple yes. you can find. You don't, want, you don't want any bruising on it. You don't want it to be green. You want the most perfect apple you can find. Yes. And that's what we are to God. Yes. We are the apple of his eye. Yes. And oh, I had to learn that. It right. took a long time. I had to get self-esteem back. I had to get self-respect. And how I did that was finally getting clean and going to, you know, a 12-step program where there were other people who were like me and have been through similar things that I had been through. Right. And the support that I gained that helped me come back to life. The Lord led me to that place to bring me back to him. Mm -hmm. That place is where I learned how to have a relationship with a God of my understanding. Not that fire and brimstone God. Right. God loving and is merciful. And he loves me no matter what. And he forgives me over over and over again so i built a relationship with that god and i began to blossom mm. into this woman that i had never known wow and i began to be uh, a vessel for other women right sponsoring other women who looked up to me and mm. wanted to have what they saw in me and we helped each other we helped each other. And so it's, it's been, it's been a wonderful journey, you know? Um, and that's why I love to carry the message mm -hmm. to people who are less fortunate, mm -hmm. who, um, 
are still going through tough times so they can see yes. a person who can share a story like theirs and can see the light of God in that person to show them there's another way. Right. There is a God, he loves you, and he wants nothing but the best for you. So my life has just been a whirlwind. It's been up, it's been down. But um, like you say, I'm always happy. My mom always says that to me. She says, you're always so happy. <laughs> yeah, because there's a lot to be happy about. You wow. know, uh, I, I have lived a long, long time. I'm still here. To God be all the glory. You know, um, I have a personal relationship with him. And that's why I'm happy. Because there's no, there's nothing there's nothing that I can't get through, you know. So I don't know. I just I, I'm just grateful to him, and I'm grateful for opportunities such as this. Because you never know who needs to hear this. You know, there could be somebody sitting out there that doesn't know what to do. Right. You know, and 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 with this summit, you've been able to reach people. I you reached me. Mm. you know through the speakers and i'm just glad to be able to be a part of it wow i'm so glad that you're here and you touch on some deep stuff a lot of when you talk about that self-condemnation and that holds a lot of people stuck in back they just feel like i'm condemned i'm dirty when i talked in my video about i didn't battle too much with the unworthiness i was talking about that side of it you know how some people battle with um i'm too i did too much dirt god can't possibly love me or nobody could possibly want me because I'm I feel distressed and I'm and because I'm you know I'm talking I counsel with people and that's one big barrier that they battle with they feel like I'm like none of us are worthy if you want to get really real, real that's what mm -hmm. the love and the grace is all about that's what the mercy is all about because as, as I mentioned we come into this world of issues with issues and so you know none of us are deserving we don't Grace is not given because of merit. It's because of it's unmerited favor. You know, and it, just, not. it takes a while for people to get it. And I know that's a process. It, it, but my thing is when you get it, then you get to embrace and understand like, wow, okay. And God don't look like, you know, when we accept God and in our hearts and it's his son, he don't look at us. He sees the righteousness of his son. So it's like, he forgets all about that, you know? And so that's the thing that people have to really get. And then you receiving his forgiveness. Did it take you a long time to receive God's forgiveness for you? To really believe that he forgave you, Melissa? <laughs> it's so interesting that you said that because, yes, it is very hard to, when you know, when you've lived gutter snipe living, it is hard to conceive that there is a being that looks beyond that because us and in, in, in our flesh it's so it's so so incredibly bad that and we know we know that they are they are bad things that we have done and unimaginable things how could anyone forgive that you know but that is how great and mighty god is but to answer your question yes it, it took a very long time, a very long. I, I, I beat myself up for so long because I had um, 
in my addiction, I lost custody of my daughter. And um, it's it, this is in my book, um, but I actually stood before Judge Judy. Uh, Judge oh. Judy, he was a, a family court judge. And in 1993, I stood before her to get, you know, um, custody of my daughter. I lost custody. But that particular instance, it took me a very, very, very long time to forgive myself. Um, I, yeah. I mean, a really long time. I can imagine. I'm, I'm, yeah, I can imagine. That, that, and, you know, I, I can safely say sometimes I'll get a nudge and it's still... Yeah, it's still because I, as a mother, right? You know, you you bring this being into to the world, and you want to be the best mother you can be to this this little individual. And when you fail that baby, it just tears into your soul. You know. Now I I know God forgives me. I know I have been forgiven long ago. But to answer your question, it does take a long time. Right. To yourself right and how I did that was counseling mm-hmm. a tremendous amount of counseling the 12-step program helped because you, you know you work steps and things like that right um but you got you talking it out yes getting that relationship with the lord going to church you know it is it's all of those things collectively right that help and then not repeating for so long and people would tell me 
the gifts that I had, the beauty in me. You know, I'm talking about not talking about physical beauty, right? About the spirit in me. Yeah. Um, but it took me that personal relationship with God that helped me to love myself. Right. And um, personal af- positive affirmations. Right. I read a lot. You know, Ayala Van Zandt, Joyce Meyer, T.D. Jakes. I read a lot. So I pour, I yes. pour into myself with reading and with um, women's groups and things of that nature. So being poured into helps for the belief to come out. That's right. And so that's how I met myself through the women's groups and through the forums and summits and, right. and things of that nature and getting the confidence to speak. Right. Um, front of people yeah and that's how i met myself and, <laughs> yeah, and you like yourself <laughs> i think that's I do. Just liking yourself like i like yeah. you know? I do. I no do. more apologizing yeah. that's the freedom i was getting i'm not apologizing for the way i am i'm not apologizing for the way i talk and none of that it's like <laughs> i got that revelation i was good i'm like yes because we all broken we all walk yes. with a lamp in some area <laughs> And so once I understood that everybody falls short, that scripture is so real. I'm like, yeah, that way you don't walk around comparing yourself and dealing with all that. And because you know we women do that a lot. That that um I call it catty spirit, that competitive spirit. And all you walk in that confidence. And as I always say, then you embrace your sister and your brother. You can do that because you understand you got something unique and they got something unique, and then you can celebrate the next person. That's, That's what right. we call. I, 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 you know, I've moved up to another level and walking in liberty. Before we go, because I got a few moments, I want you to mention your book and let us know where we can find your awesome book that you just wrote. Well, I am so, so very happy um, and proud. And I have to say, my cousin Cheryl, <laughs> thank you, because my cousin helped me along the way with getting it published and edited and, and just all the resources. And, um, and I got it done. It took me a year to write. I was prompted from my mother year after year after year. You should write a book. You should write a book. You should write a book. So I did. And it, it, it was a labor of love. It was hard. It was painful because I had to flip some things. But I did it. And I remember my cousin show ran to my house because he wanted to see the physical copy. <laughs> Praise God together in my dining room. Wow. And it's called Going Through the Pain, My Life Story. And it's my life story from beginning to right now. And it's on Amazon and it's on Kindle and it's it's raw. It's raw and it's real. Um, and, and, and everybody that has read it said they liked it. So to God be the glory. And see, that's all people to get, that you can live in your dream, you can actualize your vision, things that you want to do for so long, and then you can actually do it. It is, it's, it's real, it's possible. And so that's what all awesome. you got, tangible evidence. I remember the day yeah. my mom came to the house, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Since a little girl, I've been, I like to write, and so I know the feeling, oh my God, it's like, got this accomplished, you did it. Yes. You're ready to do yes. the next thing, like, all right, God, what's next? Know how they can, you know, get in if they want to follow you or so 
Ali to libraries, wherever, women's groups, men's groups. She's available for that. She's an awesome speaker, and she's real, like she said, and she's raw. And that's what gets people healed. That real raw stuff that a lot of us don't want to dig deep into, the it. But it's so important to go to that place. Because then yes. somebody's like, wow, you, you, that's what I mentioned in one of the emails. You know, we're coming down your street. Because, you know, we want to pull you up. We want you to live. We want yes. you to be on fire and get your zeal back and that joy back, that, that joy for living. You know, come out of depression. Come out of whatever it is that you're, you know, you're going through. Whatever's keeping you gloomy. Connect with people. You bring <laughs> Yes, <laughs> you've heard all of us say how we reached out to other people, and that's where it starts. Because a lot of times when we get stuck and we isolate ourselves, you know how we, people go into a retreat mode and yes. they stick themselves in a deeper hole. But it's once you start to reach out to people, I'm telling you, it's a blessing because you you surround yourself by those who are supportive, and it may not be family members; it may be somebody who don't even know your story, which sometimes is the best because they don't have any kind of preconceived. You know, and I love the scriptures coming to me right, right now, how Jesus was not accepted in his own hometown. But when he went yeah. up, he was more accepted. Nobody's walking yeah. around saying, I remember when Melissa, you know, and I remember when Cheryl. They don't get none of that. All they see is just this powerful man, and they they need they know that they need him. And a lot of times, they're too familiar with people. So that's why a lot of people don't, or they don't receive us because they're too familiar with us. So you become yeah. powerful in other places. But that's the way the world is. What can you say? <laughs> Yes, yeah. I thank you so much for being one of the speakers of the summit. I'm so happy that you yeah. shared your story. I know somebody was blessed and touched by your story. And um, everybody else, let me see, I got one more person to interview after that. We are done. You can catch the replays of the speakers and watch this yeah. one more time. <laughs> I, I can be reached on Facebook, Melissa yeah. Click Hobson, and I can be reached on Instagram at NYQD. And, I, and like Cheryl said, I'm available to speak um, anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love, I love doing it. That's my gift from God through me. Awesome. See, to know that, that's awesome. That's right. Melissa Claire Hobson. And what was the other one? On Instagram? You said Instagram? Instagram at NYQT. Okay. Ah, thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Stay tuned for that one more interview. And if you're going to wrap the whole thing up, but I'm just so thankful. Thank you, Melissa, again for coming and joining us and just being such a blessing and a light. Your spirit was just perfect. Awesome. And that's what we need to lift up people. All right, guys. Thank you for tuning in. And we'll see you again. Be blessed.